the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. My guest is Molly Hemingway. I'm a big fan of Molly Hemingway and actually read her book after I interviewed her, as I promised her I would. And it's a wonderful book. Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh Confirmation and the Future of the Supreme Court. Molly Hemingway, while you were writing that book, did you often feel that you wanted to shower? It was difficult, actually, to go through the interview process where people kept going through their memories over and over again of what the confirmation process had been like. All of us who watched it on TV thought it was difficult to go through, but when you're having dozens upon dozens of people relive the pain and the excruciating nature of trying to fight against these uncorroborated allegations that the full weight of the media were were carrying, uh, it was difficult to hear people. You know, we had a lot of grown men break down and cry when they were talking about it and, you know, made us promise not to say that they had done so or uh, otherwise reliving their memories. It was... It was really awful, and that's why what happened this weekend is really awful, and seeing how people are not going to let it go, and they're just going to keep trying to destroy this man. So let's talk about the the still-trying issue. A piece of the New York Times yesterday, Brett Kavanaugh fit in with the privileged kids she did not about Deborah Ramirez. I, I was stunned. I thought she was so discredited in her charges that nobody could corroborate the last thing the New York Times or any mainstream newspaper would want to do is resurrect her charges. How do you explain this? Well, this is what the new book that that these New York Times reporters put out was designed for, to rehabilitate really bad allegations that had no support or evidence. And they do that by ignoring all of the many refutations of these charges and then allowing people to sort of come up with better memories or claim that they have more corroboration. It is remarkably weak. It is, again, what we predicted when we wrote Justice on Trial. We get into this, how this is an established campaign of the left to not just allow the end of the confirmation process to be the end of their campaign, but they will continue and try to redefine history and rewrite what we all know happened so that they can feel less bad about what they tried to do to, to this man. They did it with Clarence Thomas. Um, they've done it with other judges. They are now doing it with Kavanaugh. And they will do it again so long as they are not held accountable. You note that Ramirez's allegation was weak. That's a nice way of putting it. She herself was calling around to her friends and saying, I'm not even sure if what I'm thinking about even involved Brett Kavanaugh. And yet that became somehow cause for an extended investigation. She spent six days with Democrat attorneys to try to come up with a story involving him that she admitted at the end of that. She wasn't even entirely sure of her story. Um, 
And yet this is the basis of this book. This is the means by which they are using, this is the means they're using to try to destroy him. And it's, you know, I would like to say it's surprising. It's not surprising at all. And yes, they admitted that they, um, you know, that they messed up in, in this piece that they wrote this weekend, but their campaign to destroy a guy who probably has one of the best reputations of any man in America, thanks to his hard work at uh, being a good friend and colleague and son and husband and father, uh, they just are not willing to let it go until they... All right, let, let, me, let me just review this for, for my listeners, because I think we jumped ahead for some people. First, tell everybody who Deborah Ramirez is. Deborah Ramirez is a classmate of Brett Kavanaugh's from Yale, and decades after they finished school, she spent six days with Democratic attorneys to come up with a story that he had maybe, she wasn't sure, exposed himself to her. She wasn't quite sure. Might have, and um, she was seriously inebriated, according to her own account, and Everyone that she named as a witness denied knowledge of what she was talking about. Her best friends at the time say they have no clue what she was talking about. There's no... So, okay, right. Okay. So, I don't understand. What are the New York Times reporters claiming? I don't... In light of what you just said, what are... They actually can... They concede that Christine Blasey Ford has no corroboration. But they say, we found seven witnesses who will corroborate um, Ramirez. Now... They actually don't have seven witnesses. They include in this the two people who were already named in the New Yorker as supposedly having heard about it. I'll just point out that one of the guys said he heard about it from a from a person he named, and that person said he had no idea what that guy was talking okay, about. Okay, hold on. So the New York Times has, has resurrected some of the charges. This woman who was drunk and says she was and is not sure she saw anything but... Who claims there were seven witnesses to his exposing himself at this party? Yeah, the authors claim they have seven witnesses. They have zero witnesses to him doing this. They have seven people who say that they heard about it in one form or another. Their standard for saying one form or another includes literally that Ramirez's mother was told by Ramirez, and I quote, something happened at Yale. Literally something. I mean, that is not corroboration for a for something such as this. It was so nobody. <laughs> there was literally no one who claims they saw it happen. Zero witnesses. Zero. They claim. Yes, they claim they, they, they heard that it happened. They heard that it happened. Who is this guy, Max Steyer, and what is he saying? So Max Steyer is another classmate of Brett Kavanaugh's. He is a former Clinton attorney. He he was pitted against Brett Kavanaugh during the Whitewater proceedings. So uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh worked for Ken Starr in the Whitewater investigation. Max Steyer defended Bill Clinton. And you might remember that was originally about allegations that Bill Clinton had exposed himself to someone who had been brought to his hotel room, Paula Jones. So he, they, they go way back. They have a history. And the allegation, the supposedly new allegation that the New York Times reported isn't new. This was actually made last year. He told, apparently, two Senate offices, and they thought it was so ridiculous. They didn't even bother passing it on to the Senate Judiciary Committee. And when you think about what what met the standard of being passed on to the Senate Judiciary Committee. You know, we go through it in the book. Uh, that included such things as that Brett Kavanaugh had had chartered a rape boat in Rhode Island and had engaged in a nationwide crime spree with a buddy. Those things 
were taken seriously enough to pass on to the Senate Judiciary Committee, even though they were patently absurd, but this didn't rise to that level. This claim from allegedly from Max Steyer is that he saw two, uh, he saw a group of people manhandle both Brett Kavanaugh and a woman. Um, the book quietly concedes that the alleged that the woman who is alleged to have been a victim denies any knowledge of this. They didn't put that in their article in the New York Times that went viral yesterday. They forgot to mention that their supposed new allegation, which is neither new nor an allegation, also was refuted or was denied by the alleged victim. They left that out and they added a correction very late last night. They did? Yes. What what did the correction, what does the correction say? The correction says they should have noted that the alleged woman involved has did not ever speak about this, but has said repeatedly through friends that she has no knowledge of this incident. So the New York Times wrote an article on something that they now acknowledge never happened. Well, the allegation was technically just that some guy had told Senate officers about it, and that may have been true. But they should have, of course, mentioned that the allegation, the central premise of the allegation, that there was a victim, is denied by the alleged victim. The moral level of the New York Times is uh, is uh, lowered by almost the weekly. My producer wants to know if Brett Kavanaugh should sue. Well, I don't know if he should sue, but I do think it raises an interesting point, which is this will continue until there are consequences. No action was taken against any of the Senate Democrats that whose bad actions we detail in the book. You know, Senator Dianne Feinstein, whose office had the letter and it somehow got out into the media. She admits she coordinated with Democratic activists and attorneys on the campaign to get it out. Uh, Cory Booker, who had the Spartacus incident. Kamala Harris, who attempted to set a perjury trap on with no basis. There was a lot of bad action taken by senators. I've actually placed a call to Lindsey Graham's office to find out if literally anything has been done to hold these people accountable. I have not yet heard back. The Judiciary Committee did refer some of the false accusers to the Department of Justice for criminal prosecution. I've placed a call with the Department of Justice to find out if literally anything has been done to hold those people accountable, and I have not yet heard back. And then, of course, the media themselves give each other awards and promotions for their shoddy reporting on this. So uh, before we even get to Brett Kavanaugh's, the harm done to him and his family and his reputation, there are a lot of things that could be done by people in positions of authority in the Senate, Department of Justice, and elsewhere. Finally, uh, uh, this is a separate issue. It's related, obviously, but it's really separate. So I'm just curious. My position has been, in every one of these instances... That when a man, it's always been a man, when a man has led as honorable a life as Brett Kavanaugh for 30, 40 years, I am not interested in what happened in high school or college. Obviously, we remove murder uh, and pretty much just murder but or something heinous. I don't want to know. It doesn't tell me anything about this human being to go back that far. Do you agree? I don't care if you don't agree. It's a, I always tell guests it's okay to disagree with me. I'm just curious. I would remind you what Susan Collins says in our book where she says that she shared your viewpoint about that, but once he said it never happened, she felt that it actually did matter whether it happened or not. Because if he was claiming it didn't happen and it had, that would make him a liar and 
inappropriately placed on the court. Um, so I, I agree with you that it's absolutely ridiculous that people are going back to high school. In this case, Brett Kavanaugh didn't do these things in high school. There is no evidence. I know. I totally believe that. But even if he did, uh, especially, the, you know, what what college kids do at a drunk party this is now the criterion for measuring a man's character 30 years later, married, a pillar of his community, faithful to his wife, taking care of a family. This this invalidates 30 years of such a life? Yes, it is ridiculous, and yet that is the new standard that seems to be applied to... Is it, apply, is it applied to Democrats? No, it only applies to the half of the country. Molly Hemingway's book is up at DennisPrager.com. Thank you, Molly. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Owen Strand for townhall.com. The rights of free speech and free exercise are not limited to soft murmurings behind the doors of a person's home or church. These guarantees protect the right of every American to express their beliefs in public. This includes the right to create and sell words, paintings, and art that express a person's sincere religious beliefs. So said the majority of the Arizona Supreme Court earlier this week. With this win, artistic printers Joanna Duca and Brianna Kosky of Phoenix were freed up to conduct their business according to their deeply held convictions. Soji policies we've seen elsewhere were turned on these two who had, respectfully, opted not to create wedding invitations for same-sex weddings. Attorneys with Alliance Defending Freedom stepped in and religious liberty prevailed. This is a big win for First Amendment freedom. We should never have to murmur our convictions. We should never be compelled to express views at odds with those convictions. I'm Owen Strand. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, preparing leaders in politics and policy. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 